Coming live from Jefferson, Georgia, USA, are our guests tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you're watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Tonia Eberhardt and Michael Carr, branding agents to business stars, partners in Brandface, a top global personal branding firm. Welcome to the show, Tonia and Michael. Thank you, AJ. Thank, Thank you. you. We're glad, happy to be here. Same. And nice to have you both in this uh, special uh, episode of the KJ Masterclass Live. You are an international, you are also international best-selling authors, hosts of the Be Bold Branding Podcast, and you have helped and inspired thousands of coaches, consultants, and creators to define, develop, and display a standout personal brand so that they can outmarket and outsell their competition. So talking of personal branding itself, you know, a lot of people know it. I will assume there are several who do not know it for their sake. What is the difference between personal branding and, you know, business branding so that there is a clear cut understanding of that difference? Please help us understand any of you. Great. That's a great, good first start question right there, AJ. <laughs> it sure is. So, so business branding is really building um, the, or influencing the way kind of people see your business is how people feel about your business and doing business with your business. The personal brand is not too far off from that. What we do is we work with individuals who are the face of their company. So as in the face of your company, which came first, you or your company? company, right? So we look at personal branding as building a brand that helps people to understand your story and why your business exists, who it exists for, and how it helps those people. So it's really kind of attached at the hip, AJ. You know, if you're building a personal brand and you have a business, part of your personal brand is the story of why you have that business. So, so there's not a huge difference between the two, except one is focused on just the business and one is focused on the person who uh, created the business. Right, right. Michael, you want to add something to that? Uh, she pretty much sums it up. And of course, I learned it from her. So uh, most anything that I'm going to say is just a, a male version <laughs> of what she's taught me. I, I tell people that the secret to my success has been just listening to her. Uh, but, you know, you know, business uh, business branding is a little bit different, obviously, because like she said, you're promoting a product, a big product. But think about big, big corporations like what you would consider Fortune uh, 500. Fortune 100. Uh, let's say Delta, for instance, uh, the airline, right? Uh, it has a business brand. It has the triangle and it has its colors and it has its uh, logo and it has its loyalty to that. But who runs that company? Every one of those board members, the, the CEO, Ed Bastian, the CFO, you know, the former CEO, uh, Richard Anderson, they all had personal branding. 
right? Because people don't invest in companies just for the company. They invest in a company based on who runs that company. So even in the biggest companies, GE and, and Fortune 10 companies, there is personal branding afoot because, uh, you know, people do, they trust that loyalty of that brand based on who's running it. And if you bring that down to uh, one person shops like service industries, like real estate or coaches or um, authors, or speakers, then their their personal brand obviously is why people want to follow them and also do business with them. Right, right. And that's why perhaps your mantra is, you know, people don't biz do business with a logo. They do business with a person. That's right. That is correct. Yeah. Right, right. So I'll talk about, you know, how uh, sometimes uh, business personal brands and business brands can uh, either overlap or, you know, complement each other. I'll ask certain questions on that. But as the topic is today, you know, how to build a bold and unbeatable personal brand. So everybody wants to know, you know, even if the topic is very clear, but they want to know from the experts who are doing it day in and day out that how to build a bold and unbeatable personal brand. How would you tell uh, about this? And what would you tell to a huge number of people who are either consultants, coaches and small businesses, brands, larger brands and big companies? Everybody is struggling to keep, you know, to elevate their brand in one way or the other. And hence, everybody is trying into that effort. So tell something that encompasses different aspects of this whole strata, different sectors altogether. Absolutely. So, so first of all, you know, I think one of the things that makes us stand out in this field is that, you know, a lot of you out there probably heard a lot of very ethereal things about personal branding, just be yourself, um, you know, post things that are personal things that we can, I can understand what that means, but I don't know how to apply that to my brand. I don't really have clear directions on, okay, how do I do that? Right. So we like to say we, we do more than just give the fluff. We actually created the formulas for personal branding. So that's what we're going to talk to you about today. But right. the, uh, when you, when you start to build a personal brand, there are five critical questions that your brand must answer. And here they are. So if everybody wants to kind of jot these down, this would be great for you guys to learn. Number one, who do you serve? Number two, how do you serve them? Three, what qualifies you to serve them? Four, how does it make their life better? And five, what makes you different from everyone else who is also trying to serve that same type of customer? So we start here by asking ourselves those questions before we even really get into what we're known for is our 3D formula, right? And, and I'll let Michael kick that off and tell you about that. But that's where we start. We start by answering those questions. And then we take those answers and in part, you know, that, of course, building a brand is, a, a, is an ecosystem. It's made up of lots of different things. It's not just one or two things. A lot of people get really hung up on the fact that they think their logo mm -hmm. is their brand 
or their business name is their brand. But in reality, a lot of things come together to make a brand. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit today. But but those are the questions you ask before you get into our 3D formula, which Michael's going to talk about. Right, right. Yeah, after you after you sit down and think, okay, uh, is my brand going to answer those five questions? The very first step in our 3D formula to actually build that brand is the define stage. Very important that we find definition in what we want to do, okay? And inside of that definition phase, the very first thing we want to look at is your ideal customer. Who is it that you're trying to reach? And um, and and in, this needs to be where we define uh, a focus. And a lot of people get scared about that, especially if they're in service industries like real estate or even coaches or authors and speakers. They're like, hey, want to do business with everybody? The answer to that is yes. If there's profit to it, we also have a formula for that. But when you're focusing your time and your effort and your money in marketing, you want to know exactly who your ideal customer is. In some instances, you can have a secondary. Uh, and, then, and, and then when you're thinking about what that is going to be, it has to be unique to you and it has to be important to your ideal customer. So uh, it's in the definition phase, we come up with what we call the brand identifier. Uh, some people would call that a slogan. Um, uh, tagline, maybe we call it a brand identifier because it's exactly what it does. For instance, uh, I run a real estate company and, and my uh, brand identifier is I'm the abundant life broker. Why is that important to my ideal customer, which is agents that I recruit to sell underneath our brand is because I am going to push every day for their abundant life and the career that they want to do. Right. How is that unique to my customer? Nobody else can say that uh, I'm the only abundant life broker and I'm the one that's going to work for them harder than anybody else. It answers their question right off the bat. So in that definition phase, we really want to look at a lot of criteria to, to build that out. We spend a lot of time in the defining phase of our 3D formula. Mm -hmm. So so once we define our ideal customers, who it is we're marketing to and trying to attract and what it is that makes us unique to be able to attract them. Then we move into the development phase, which is that second D define, develop, right. display In develop. We take a look at developing every single piece and part that you will need to get that brand out there to the world, to put into your marketing. In other words, so, so we start, by helping them develop brand messaging. And messaging is really the language that helps them articulate what it is that sets them apart and helps them attract that the right person into their business. And we start there because it truly is the most important part. If you don't get that dialed in first and know your why, you know, you hear a lot about a lot from all over the world. You hear people talk about know your why, know your why. But like I said, we provide the formula to help you figure that out. So 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 the brand messaging is critical. We write things like your elevator pitch. Um, and in our opinion, that's just one sentence. It should state, you know, who you serve, how you serve them and how it makes their life better. So it can't answer all five of those questions, but it should answer two or three. Mm -hmm. Then we also uh, come up with something we call signature sound bites, which are bullet points that serve as highlights of your brand at a glance. 
think about how pressed for time we all are these days in the instant gratification world. We can't be bothered to read a full bio sometimes, right? We have to just focus on those bullet points and those are really important. And then of course, we also help somebody write their bio and tell their story, which is a perfect mixture of both personal and professional. Because if you're just reading a professional, boring biography, you are really just reading somebody's resume sort of, right? You're not reading who are they as a human being? Where did they come from? who or what might have influenced them in their life to do exactly what they're doing today for the person they're doing it for and how does it change that person's life. So that's what we fold into all that brand messaging. Sounds like a lot and it is on our end. The easy parts for you guys out there, you just answer some questions and we do the rest. So in development, there's that's we take care of messaging first and then we take care of imagery in the development phase as well. And imagery is creating things that most people associate with a brand, creating the logo, helping decide the brand colors, um, getting a photo shoot done. We actually have a stylist on staff that helps people prepare for that photo shoot to make sure that we are putting that, that image out there that they want to portray. Um, is choosing imagery that just coincides and coordinates with the brand, things like that. So once we're finished with the development, we've got the story, the message and the language. We've got the visuals, the logo, the colors, the photos, the background imagery, the look, right? And then we're ready to move into that final phase, which is display. And in the display phase, that's literally where we take the client and look at all of their platforms, social media platforms, their YouTube channels, their websites, everything. And we make sure that there is a congruency uh, in every spot that they show up. Uh, because it's it's really super important. And I'm, and that sounds, display sounds like, well, yeah, sure. You've spent this time and money uh, building your brand. And, you know, of course you want to put it everywhere. But it would it might surprise a lot of, of your listeners. People don't do it. Like, it's amazing. Uh, they'll do it on their Facebook. They'll do it on their YouTube. They forget to put it on their newsletter. They, they you know, they don't go through with the cards that we show them. You have to really literally put it everywhere because we we look at our brand as something like a suit that you would put on and you wear every day we say you breathe your brand you live your brand because you know every customer every potential person that you meet is a customer that you could be speaking to with your brand and and if you have that displayed constantly and consistently everywhere then uh, it becomes a soldier that works for you 24 7. even when you're asleep your brand is out there even when you're on vacation uh your brand is out there when you're spending time with your family or doing things you want to do your brand is still working for you if you are really serious about putting it out everywhere right right uh tonya and michael now let me ask uh, this way what do your clients especially you know coaches consultants other people who have their independent uh, outfits what are their expectations when they come to you because why i ask this is that a lot of these people even though they are experts in their own fields they think and i see it have also online in hundreds of cases that they promote themselves online in different ways various ways 
and they think that is what personal branding is all about and that's what they are doing and perhaps they are doing correctly there is nobody to tell you whether you are doing it correctly or not so some part they think that they already know so when they come to you they come only with a certain degree of advanced expectations i want to understand from you people that what expectations are they coming am i right in asking or do they come and start with a clean slate how does it work what is their mindset so that people in india or otherwise it's a global podcast so if they know where to take your help how to connect when to connect or they think that they already know about everything so just help us Okay, that's a great question. Really good. I've never received that question in a, on a podcast before, AJ. So that's awesome. Okay, so so uh, we have we have them in varying degrees that come to us. Some think, oh well, I I already have a brand, right? And then when we when we really ask the important questions, they realize they don't really have a dialed in <laughs> brand. So what they expect, if they make that decision, hey, I'm going to come into your program, you're going to help me with this. They're really looking for a couple of things. They're looking for clarity, clarity, because they want to present themselves in a way that's very clear and concise for the purpose of attracting an ideal customer and being known for what they want to be known for. So clarity and purpose, I think, are the two things that once they figure out, hey, I don't know everything about branding that I thought I did. I really only was marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the biggest thing is helping people understand the difference between branding and marketing. Yes. Uh, Then let me tell you what that is, uh, because we we defined it because every like when you go to so many different business help websites, uh, like let's let's just use Wix, for example, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you say, okay, I'm going to build my website that you can go to Wix or WordPress or those and, and you can do some do it yourself type and they will tell you we will help you build your brand. And then when you get there, all they do is help you build a website. Well, a website is not a brand. Uh, you ha- a website displays your brand. So I use that as an example. Uh, marketing is using all the different platforms, like a website, like all of your social media pages, like your newspaper ads, billboards, radio ads, TV ads, Google ads, all of those that you would that you would put out there. That is marketing. Those are vehicles where you put that brand out there. A message directly to your ideal customer. Branding is that message. So if you don't do your branding first, then you're wasting money and time and effort in your marketing. You literally are doing a sp- what we what Tony calls a, a spray and pray. You're spending the money and then you're praying the phone rings and instead of instead of spending the correct money to talk to your ideal customer. And the best way probably to answer the overall question of the expectation is we tell our clients before we start working with them and all while we're working with them, that it is very hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. 
So being as our profession is literally only building personal brands, every one of our clients, no matter what their degree of understanding of that difference in branding and marketing, walk away with more knowledge that they probably, and 100% of the time, they're marketing, not branding. And some of them even come in and say, I have no, I didn't have any idea what a brand was. And now I know. Right. Right. Tonya, do you want to say something? Just the out the outcome of that, AJ, you know, if they come in and they have an open mind and they say, okay, I've been marketing, but I've been all over the place with my marketing because I did not have a clear and purposeful message to put out there, then their expectation after that is, okay, number one, this is going to help me attract the right kind of people into my business. So I'm not wasting my time. I'm literally working with the people that I want to work with every day. And number two, now the marketing I'm doing is incredible. It's producing results I've never seen before because I'm able to, number one, market in the right place because I know who I'm marketing to, market with the right message because I know what to say to attract them. And so that marketing ROI becomes much greater. It's trackable. It is. It is. And then the third thing, which I, I, there's two more. What? So, so the third thing is they become known for what they want to become known for, right? They finally figure out how to express that. And it's like, oh, I'm known for this now. That is hugely valuable, not only in dealing with your customers one-to-one, but in getting on podcasts like yours, Mm -hmm. right? If we weren't concise and clear with our brand, you might not have us here today. So thank you for that. (laughs) So the fourth, thank you. In fact, you guys. Uh, chose to be on a podcast like this because see, uh, I have engagement. I don't have numbers, and I will not never run for numbers because I'm neither an influencer and neither one I want to be. But I just want to be a place where we can have real conversation about real stuff and about real things that matters in real life. That's it. So it's great yep. to have real people who talk about real stuff onto a podcast, which is also. Yeah. Hey, and, and AJ, if I could piggyback on that, I want to make a point that's very important. We teach we teach that exactly what you just said. You are um, a podcast based on engagement, and we teach people in branding that branding it, brands are built, personal brands are built on impressions, on engagement. Right. You know, some people out there will tell you we've we've seen uh, you know podcasters and and um, and advertisers say, oh, it takes time and it takes a lot of money to build a brand. Uh, time and money will build a brand. There is no doubt about that. We have proof of that in every industry. You know, uh, uh, it, like in the real estate business, everybody knows about Zillow, right? And so Zillow goes out and they spend, you know, $30, $40 million and borrow money for advertising to build a brand very, 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 very quickly, right? Um, so, and then you also, you can be in business. I know uh, people that are in business for 40, 50, 60 years, maybe it's third or fourth generation family business that has built a brand over time. But right. What truly builds a brand is every engagement that you have with your ideal customer. A handshake with uh, your elevator pitch and your brand identifier has just helped to build that brand. 
And that's why when people start working with us, they see many times within a week or two weeks of working with us, they automatically see their businesses grow because now they're portraying it, even if it's just one at a time. It doesn't have to be uh, like you said, you don't have to go instant influencer for you know like that. And it might not even be your goal to be an instant influ influencer, right? It might be your goal to just uh, work smarter to make the same amount of money without having to chase people uh, to let your brand attract the people that you want to do business with. Right. And, uh, and personal branding works at every level. Right. Right. Tonya. Now uh, coming to, from that question to another question, you know, that uh, there is, as you said, there are people who come with different notions and you are one company, but it's a huge world and huge market and so many people are offering brandings in different forms especially personal branding and a lot of people are doing personal branding some right some not so right and some uh, in the wrong manner just wanted to understand for those people who are who know about it or who, are, who know less about it or who, who are, do not know about it about the myths about personal branding can you dispel those Meets about personal branding or share about those uh, meets so that people can be more aware about this particular aspect. Sure, sure. So, so one of those would be the myth that we were you, we were kind of talking about, which is there's a difference between building your brand and promoting your brand. Okay. So, so um, I think that's a huge one because, uh, as Michael said, you know the the people like, or companies like Wix, you know, come and we can help you build your brand. There are lots of coaches, consultants out there. Let me help you build your brand on YouTube, build your brand on Facebook, et cetera. Um, but those are promoting your brand on those platforms. If yeah. you, your brand actually has to be built before you get to those platforms. So building versus promoting are two very different things. And I think that is a big myth that we see a right. whole lot. And it causes a lot of confusion in the industry too, AJ, a lot of confusion right. because you think you're hiring a company that's going to help you quote, build your brand, but all they're trying to, all they're ending up doing is helping you promote whatever brand you thought you had. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, now coming from this, you know, uh, you people talk, you know, you guys have a famous quote, great branding doesn't just change the way others see you. It changes the way you see yourself. I think, if you ask it from my perspective, I see it's one of the perfect statements or understanding of, you know, personal branding, if I if I can tell you, because initially when we when you we were talking about was about clarity and most of the time, even in, you know, cases of self-improvement and all other aspects of life, it's about, you know, clarity about yourself and when a brand has clarity about themselves then i guess this is more than a half a battle one so when clients come to you or when they come and engage with you what is the stage that they get to understand this part of the business perspective or the thing that they are looking for or aspiring for or dreaming to be there 
Okay, another great question. And I'll take this and then Michael, you can add to it if you if you'd like. But I I take this because it's near and dear to my heart, right? The so so when people come in to our program and and we of course, you know, we do a big discovery process. We're trying to help them bring clarity to their message, clarity to everything. But when we get to a portion of the program that we call brand messaging reveal, okay? So we've written their story for them. We've written their elevator pitch, their bio, things like that. And they come to that meeting, we're ready to unveil that story to them. There are about 90% of the time, tears on that meeting. People will literally cry and become very emotional on that meeting. And at first, you know, um, we started this about nine, nine and a half years ago. So at first it, it stunned me a little bit and I was taken aback by that. And then I realized this was a very regular occurrence. And that's because no matter how accomplished we feel or professional we feel in our jobs, in our everyday jobs, like I can look at a coach or consultant or podcaster, and they're very confident in doing the job that they do, but they're not always confident in presenting themselves as the true professional that they really are. And when, when, when we read to them, their, their story, their brand messaging, they sit back and realize, oh my gosh, I really have accomplished a lot. It's, fascinating how they'll say, was that me? Was that really about me? And it's an emotional time. And that's when I see the tide turn where they, they realize this is a lot more than just presenting yourself to attract the right clientele and grow your business. This is about inner growth and realizing your self-worth. Right. Right. Michael? Uh, it's hard to add to that. It's uh, it's pretty much dead on. Um, you know, I love it. It's one of our favorite parts because people will will be just blown away and they'll say things like, man, I want to do business with that person. I, I can be friends with that person. Like I'm attracted to that person, you know, and, and they're surprised at that. And we're just, we're always surprised that they're surprised. And we're like, that's you just, we just pulled the information out of you. This is your life. These are the things and the elements that have led you to where you are right now. Uh, this is a culmination of all your experiences and your education and your self-development. And now here it is. It's been ready for you to present to your ideal customer who probably has the exact same or pretty close to the same experiences and education, and uh, which makes it very easy for them to do business with them. Right. Right. Now, let me ask you another question related to this, you know. When we are talking of branding, and then people are working towards it, then there are certain cases that you talk about is that branding, you know, brand putting your business at risk. What do you mean by that? Can you help us understand that part of this whole aspect, you know? Yeah, yes, of course, because... Uh, you'll you'll hear a lot of people say uh, a lot of branding you know gurus coaches and so forth out there saying, well your your customer really decides your brand right They'll say your customer decides your brand and so there's you know just go out there and be yourself and you'll attract the people you're meant to attract. Well, I completely disagree with that. We both do simply because 
Um, why would you leave your fate and the fate of your business in the hands of somebody else without at least attempting to greatly influence how people view you? So I'll, I'll give you a, 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 a great example. Uh, when I first started in uh, the radio world, I was in sales and I was very young. Um, I was maybe 20, 21 years old. And I would go to, uh, you know, clients that were spending a lot of money on radio. And I was, of course, trying to sell them into my radio station. Well, I got doors slammed in my face left and right, left and right. And I, it, it just made me mad honestly. And I thought, well, what in the world is going on here? I was young. They didn't think that I knew anything about anything. Right. And the truth is, you know, I was still learning. I was learning a lot, but I was also very serious about being a professional in that field. Well, I realized at that point, if I wanted people to see me differently, I had to present myself differently. So I, if, if I didn't change the way I presented myself, I was never going to have the business in the first place. So that's what we mean by is your brand putting your business at risk? Because if you're not defining how you want people to view you, how you present yourself as, as the solution to the right people, then your business is at risk. There's no question about it because there are way too many competitors that will eat you for lunch if you don't, if you don't dial your brand in. Right. So in a simple uh, manner, if somebody has to understand what should they be careful while they are building uh, a brand for themselves or doing personal branding? What should they be? How do they balance this part? Because it is uh, it is a very delicate part. I can uh, if I see it from my perspective. Yeah. So 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 you're asking like you know what uh, what kind of things should they be looking for or beware of? Be yeah yeah because what okay. should they be yeah because if they are. Right talking about something or representing something, then sometimes while doing their personal branding, they may start representing something which their customers may not want them to be, you know, standing for that. And that is where your brand can come into risk. It can be a political thing. It can be uh, any other issue that is going around. How, what mm -hmm. they should be careful about. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah, and that's and I'm, I'm sure easy. you probably have something to add to this. I'll start with this. First of all, know who your ideal customer is, right? Because at the end of the day, we really attract people like us is what it ends mm -hmm. up to be because we don't want to attract somebody that's so opposite from the way we live and the way we conduct ourselves that right. we find that we cannot be ourselves. So, so really know who it is you're trying to attract, know what's important to them, their ethics, their morals, you know, and, and we try to keep politics and, and religion out of business. Right. I'll, and I'll, I'll say that and say that, you know, we are very spiritual religious people ourselves. We don't preach about that on our podcast, but, but the way we conduct ourselves in business just we happen to attract people who are also exactly the same. They're very spiritual 
religious type of people, right? From all denominations and, and religions, but still they're very serious about that. And we just happen to attract that. Um, and, and we love that part of it. Uh, so I, I would just say, know who those people are that you're trying to attract first and know what's important to them and what they value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a formula that uh, we've trademarked on how to to reach your ideal, how to figure out who your ideal customer is. And we call it the HEAP, H-E-A-P, the like heaping up profits, okay? The HEAP um, formula, the you. code or whatever. <laughs> the H stands for, for people that you can help, all right? And if you approach your brand with, let me start by this. If you approach your brand with the five questions that Tanya said early on that need to be answered about who you are, and then you, when you're figuring out your ideal customer, you use this HEAP formula. At the, the H is people that you want to work with, that, that you, I mean, that you can help. That's the very first thing. People that you know from your experience level, from your lifestyle, from uh, where you're coming from, that these are people I can help. The E stands for people you enjoy working with. Okay. And, and because we, we need to enjoy what we do every day and that way we're passionate about it. The A stands for people that appreciate the fact that you have this knowledge, right? We can work with people that we can help and enjoy and they don't appreciate us. Do we really want to continue to do that? The P is profitable. People that we are can make profit from. That's not a bad word. We're in business to make profit and there's nothing wrong with making profit. Right. So if you approach it with the five questions and then you apply the heap um, and and, you know, you, then you're not polarizing really to everybody else outside of that ideal customer. You literally are just talking specifically to that ideal customer and you can stay away from the perils of, you know, getting into politics or, you know, other other subjects that offend people or, you know, and you're, you're not you, you don't really deal with that. Uh, because you're focused totally on how you can help those people that you're talking to. And that's the crux of a brand. Right, right, Michael. I, if I understand, Michael, you have a real estate background. Now, yes, you, you, are, uh, you know that space well. Now, how does this personal branding, does personal branding uh, work in real estate? If yes, how it does? Why I'm asking this question is that in India, real estate has really had very tough time in the last few years. Even you people, you know, during those subprime crisis and after that, you know, all those home loans and all that stuff, uh, people will take some time to understand this whole market differently, I, I, if I understand correctly. Now, if somebody wants to build their personal brand into uh, from, in, from a real estate perspective, how do they do that? Why would people trust them after burning their fingers? Great question. Um, thank you for asking it. And that's how I ended up becoming a partner in the company itself. Uh, I when I hired Tanya to do my marketing, you know what I what I thought was important in my real estate brokerage. Um, I did not realize she had written a book 
called Brandface. And I did not realize uh, all the principles that she had learned over her years being in the uh, advertising and marketing industries. Um, I just knew that I trusted her um, and she was and I trusted she would help me to get my message out there. And when I hired her, she started me through this same steps that we put people through now in our branding program, the most comprehensive uh, personal brand building system across the globe. Um, it, it what happened was she taught me how to present myself. Uh, she taught me those five questions. She uh, she taught me. We developed the heap of, uh, code later on, but she uh, effectively taught me those principles and looking for for those people. And and what my company quadrupled the first year because before that I was a promoter. I would spend money on advertising. I was a marketer. I grew up around marketing. I was a senior vice president of a second largest real estate auction company in the world. We spent millions in advertising. I understood it, but I did not understand. But what I really needed was a brand. So in the local community where I lived and where my corporate office was and where we started, I needed to present myself per, but like with a personal brand, and she taught me how to do that. As I began to, in a great brand changes how you see yourself, as I grew into the Abundant Life Broker, which became my brand identifier, I was able to take those principles that, uh, that were working as, as a fully personally branded real estate agent and teach them to other real estate agents. And what's interesting over time, is now I have 25 real estate agents in my boutique brokerage. We keep it small for a reason. We've got an office in four uh, United States cities, Orlando, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, which is our corporate headquarters, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I, out of those 25 agents that work with us in these areas, uh, 11 or 12 of those are professionally branded. OK, if you take just one of those that have been through the brand face program, they outdo all of the other 13 that are not branded put together in GCI, which is gross commission income and volume and transactions. So it's just constantly showing and proving that if you do the brand face principles, uh, define, develop, display, if you do those things and then put it out there like you're supposed to, it is hugely successful because now you're not a realtor that's just saying, hey, somebody let me sell their house. Hey, somebody let me represent you buying a house. Hey, you're speaking directly to your ideal customer saying, I am the only person you should work with for the house that you want to buy. And then they have the confidence that you that you can do that and you start attracting customers rather than chasing them. Okay, okay. Uh, in this, one, one question that arises in my mind is that in most of the cases, consultants or any other person they are the ones who are providing that service. As a real estate agent or a you know housing broker or anybody associated with the industry, it is they who are dealing with the client, with the customer, but the product is not theirs. They are only the middle person. How do they maintain their own personal standing or their own personal brand when they don't own the product, 
their whole business is dependent on somebody else's product and the conduct of that particular party. And you know, if there is a problem, if, if it can be a buyer also who can create problems, some legal hassles or something, and he's stuck between these two. His success is not his dependent on his only his effort, but also on the conduct of two parties in different directions, which can go. How do they manage themselves? How do they keep their brand alive? I'm talking purely so that your expertise helps a lot of people who are dependent on this sector in India and elsewhere. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Very detailed question. I love I love, it. I love that question. Yeah. So. yeah. I think it, let me start and then yeah, you, you fill in the gaps. Um, yeah, it is literally personal branding is so perfect for that industry because it is your expertise that is going to build that brand. It doesn't matter that you're a broker, you know, that you literally are between the seller and the buyer. You're, you are building a brand on your specific expertise in that ability to consult, in that ability to see problems coming, uh, to avoid problems here. Uh, don't do it. Don't contract this way because you can get bit like this. That is all woven uh, uh, into your personal brand and why they would need to do business with you. So those are a part of the 77 different criteria that we look at when we work with uh, consultants and uh, real estate agents, which are consultants um, and uh, middlemen that all are, are selling something where they don't own the product. Right. Right. And, and it begins, AJ, with point of differentiation, mm -hmm. right? And so there are, you know, in any, you know, mid-sized American city here, there are thousands of real estate agents. Yeah, not, there's over not 2 just, million just right. period in, in right. all 50 states spread right out. Exactly. So, so you have to ask yourself, what is it that you want to be known for? And again, going back to that formula of define, you know, figure out who it is you want to help to buy and sell homes, right? And then you figure out what is it about you that is unique that will attract that person. Some people um, brand themselves a lot on responsiveness because one of the biggest problems in real estate is people don't even answer their phone or call you back, right? It's shocking to me, but it happens regularly in the real estate industry. Everywhere. So responsiveness is big. Other people um, position themselves based on a lifestyle that their customers are seeking. Right. I know this life style. I know, I know um, farmland and horses and I can help you find a ranch, right? And I can do those things. I know the waterfront lifestyle. I can help you figure out, you know, how to buy an island or, and then there are, you know, there are people who, who uh, emphasize and have expertise in negotiations and contract law. And just depending on who their customers are and what those customers appreciate about them, and how they can help them, which goes back to that, you know, H-E-A-P criteria of the HEAP code. So, so that differentiation is a large part of it. And you have to position yourself to be different from everybody else. But I have to say, we've had some of the greatest questions today that we've never been asked before. Yeah, and, and that's a good one. Your point of differentiation is the reason we deal so much with it during the defined stage, because it's so vitally important. Uh, and we 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 say that it gets you out of the sea of sameness 
And in the industry of real estate, there's a lot. And same with coaches, same with podcasters in a lot of ways, right? We have to be different, and that's what attracts that listenership. Uh, we have to be different in our cons uh, consulting because there's a lot of people that consult in the exact same manner. So where is that point of differentiation coming from? We can say all day long we're better at it. But better is subjective. Better to you is not necessarily better to me or better to Tanya, but different is inarguable. And you, so you take it from a position of I am different, and then you explain why they need to do business with you because you're different. Right, right. Thank you. You have, you have been answering all those questions, and these are not just, you know, answers. I see them as solutions to the problems that a lot of people are having. A lot of people may be able to approach you after this show, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe later on. But a lot of people who may not be able to do that or afford it may still be able to find that solution. And that's the best part of a platform like this, not just mine, but even yours too. You people also have a podcast. So I'll ask about that, uh, that too. But before that, one more question. You said marketing and branding are two different things. Obviously, they are two different things. Then you people also say that there are four marketing failures that can be traced back to your brand. Now, is it that your brand is so important that your marketing will get deeply impacted by that and it can lead to failure or your efforts will lead to a failure? Can you tell us about that? Because it's like, it's like then... You need a holistic approach towards your personal branding or branding as a whole because anything after that you do, then it will not fit in. You got to diagnose the problem first and then you come to the, you know, uh, taking care of the medicine part. Absolutely. Well, a lot of people come to us simply because they have been doing what we call the spray and pray marketing, right? They've, mm -hmm. they've been doing all kinds of marketing, but it hasn't been working and they're struggling. They're pulling their hair out. And the first thing they think is, okay, well, that didn't work. So I'm going to try this marketing solution. Well, that doesn't work. So I'm going to try this marketing solution. So they're going from market, they're going from leap pad to leap pad. Right. And, and it's all marketing, marketing, um, uh, answers, right? But the but marketing is not the problem. The problem is your brand, and so and so a few of those huge mistakes that lead to marketing failures. We just talked about one of them. One of them is no point of differentiation. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have that, you are definitely in the sea of sameness because you're not the only one doing what you do in your. Uh, industry. There are lots of people in your industry. You have to define why you're the only one doing things the way you do it in your industry. And that's that point of differentiation. So that's one. Another one would be um, no uh, defined target, mm -hmm. right? And no defined target would mean you're marketing to everybody. You just you know, you're not really honing in or focusing on that ideal customer or perfect prospect. You're just trying to capture everybody. You're thinking, well, you know, there are people out there looking for my services and I'll just kind of capture as many into this big wide net as I can, not realizing in the big wide net, guess who's not becoming known for something? 
you're not, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have a smaller net and you become known for something, you're going to catch more fish than you can fit into your net because Mm -hmm. you're known for that. Mm -hmm. Um, No personality is another one. No personality is huge. And by that, we we don't mean you don't have a personality. (laughs) (laughs) We just mean you're you're not injecting that personality into your brand. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people, again, go back to what we talk about. People don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. Uh, but so many times uh, we see in so many different industries where they're just promoting a logo or they're just promoting a tagline and they're just promoting a, a name of a company. And that's not why people do business with you. They want to see you. Right. They they right. they want to see why you do what you do. Why did you get to why were you passionate about being a consultant? Why were you passionate about being a podcaster? Why were you? Po- then that's what attracts people to do business with you. And then the fourth mistake that we see that is uh, deadly to business and uh, all around is no consistency. Right. And it's really hard to be consistent when you can be consistent and be a consistent failure. Right. Like you <laughs> like you can be consistent at, at not getting it right. You, you you definitely could still be consistent. Right. But when you're when you have it dialed in and you're consistent, then it is totally different. And this is actually the greatest lesson that Tanya taught me when I hired her and then led us to where we are right now. I 31 years I've been an entrepreneur. I worked out of high school for three months for another person. And then ever since then, I have been on my own. And but it took 20 years to meet her for me to learn these principles. In the last 10 years, the companies that I'm involved with have exploded because now with a dialed in message and brand, I have return on my investment on the money I spend on marketing. I look at pie graphs and bar graphs on a weekly basis to say, look what works. I know I can tell you last month how much of my business came from Facebook and why, how much of it came from billboards and why, how much. And then when somebody comes in with this perfect little shiny thing and it's going to make me millions of dollars and I'll never have to work again and I, I can just do whatever I want and become a billionaire and, I, and all of that stuff, I can ask them specific pointed questions. And then if I decide that I do want to try their their new shiny thing, I can tell you very quickly if it works or not. And and then because I'm looking at my pie graph and I'm like, okay, I gave you three to six months. I got 2% of my calls from you. I'm still getting 18% from YouTube or my website. You get the point. And now you're beginning to actually spend money and make money back. You're not just out here just, you know, throwing money around, hoping something happens. It's huge. Right, right. You see, today's is one show. It is a good show. People will understand a lot from it. I myself am learning a lot from it. And they will see this show whenever they can going into the future. But they can learn so much more directly from you because you guys have a podcast. Be Bold Branding Podcast. They can connect with you. So tell us about your podcast, what it is all about, what do you guys talk and how people can connect with you so that they can get more and more understanding of, you know, how they can brand themselves better. 
Sure, sure. So Be Bold Branding, uh, we we have uh, two episodes that we release every week. One is with a guest, and we speak to that guest about bold moves they have made that uh, that got them recognized in their industry, right? So yeah. they may still be building a brand. They may not have a super, super strong brand yet, but uh, we get a chance to talk to them about those bold moves. And in doing so, they learn, we learn, and other people learn what it takes to get recognized, right? The other thing is we share a lot of, uh, in our solo episode where it's just me and Michael, we share a lot of personal branding tips and advice to help people understand what personal branding is and get them a little bit closer to building a great personal brand before they start putting it out there to the world. Right. Right. Michael, you wanted to say something? No, that's uh, we, that's it, really and truly. We um, we like to give a lot of good value, just like you do, uh, so people we can help people. Sometimes if they could not afford the full program yet, we can get them enough information going, and they can get make some money um, doing it themselves and beginning that journey, and then they can take that money, and they can get fully branded, and then they can take that knowledge, and they can scale their business and learn how to get a return on their investment and from their marketing efforts. Uh, so Be Bold Branding, we'd love to, to have them uh, tune in to that and learn as much as you can about personal branding. Right, right. So now let's move a bit beyond personal branding. You know, Brandface is doing a lot of other work also. So can you tell us about what Brandface is, how it's helping your clients and community beyond personal branding? Sure, sure. Well, one of the things that we plan on doing, which isn't launched yet, but we're hoping that we can, you know, launch this in 2023 because it's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, I'll tell you a little story about exactly where Brandface came from. I grew up in a really small town in North Georgia here in the U.S., and this small town was known for making moonshine. <laughs> and, and it's known for starting the uh, uh, stock car racing industry that we know as NASCAR today, right? The, the, the ugly side of the moonshine industry was the um, alcoholism that came as a result of that and addiction. And there was a lot of that in my hometown and in my family, actually. And I realized at a very young age that um, sometimes the only difference between a young person who is waiting on their next drug deal and someone who is headed off to college with a bright future is really self-worth. And, and if somebody knows how special they are in this world and what they have to offer that's different and unique, then that charts a path for them that generally steers them away from destructive behaviors. And so um, our future goal, which we haven't started yet, but we're inching toward that, right, is called Brand Face for Youth. And, um, and we really want to help young people position themselves, present themselves differently in this world. And it all starts within, you know, it all starts from the inside and helping them realize how special they are. So, so thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about that for really the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael. Yeah. Um, I think give back is the thing that is most important yeah. to us. Um, it, you know, we started this year through my real estate efforts. Uh, we, my dream had always been for five years to, uh, I'm a, I'm a novice beekeeper. 
And I, I just, I love it. I've loved studying uh, honeybees and the acumen of the hive and how it works and um, the sort of that uh, you know, beautiful chaos that they have that produces this honey that's, you know, uh, never goes bad, never perishes. It's the only food source on earth that never goes bad. And so I, I'm like, man, if we could, if we could operate like the hive, you know, we would have heaven on earth already. And so my dream was that we would at some point grow it and then uh, sell our honey and give the profits away uh, for organizations to raise money for themselves. I thought it would take about five years to launch that. It's called Be My Blessing. And um, through one chance a conversation with a with a person that became a very good friend, uh, in three months, we went from about six uh, hobby hives to over 165 hives on a farm. And we've processed 115 gallons of honey um, that we're bottling and selling off the BeMyBlessing.org website. And 100% of those charities are going to a title sponsor called Java Joy that gives opportunity for uh, humans uh, that are functional but have disabilities uh, to be baristas, coffee baristas. And they travel from business to business to business. And you get a great cup of coffee. You get a big giant hug from somebody that has differing abilities than we do. And it's just been a, it's just been unbelievable how blessed it's been. And we've just enjoyed that from uh, from start to finish, and we feel like we're just getting started. So, right, right. You see, uh, when you do something for others, it makes you good. See, uh, feel good about yourself, and you see yourself also in a different perspective, in the right perspective. And let me read out to your the your famous quote again to you, and see how it's the same. Great branding doesn't just change the way others see you. It changes the way you see yourself. That's the same about doing good work. It changes yeah. the way you see yourself. Very true. Okay. Now, last question is, if people want to connect with you, either for work, either to understand, to learn, what are the different ways that they can connect with you guys, brand face, so that they can get the best out of what you guys are all about. We'll make it super simple. Go to brandfacestar.com. Brandfacestar.com. You can get free training there for anybody who wants to learn more about personal branding. You can connect directly with us and shoot to the front of the line and schedule something on our calendar to chat about your personal brand as well. So brandfacestar.com is the only place they need to go. Michael, any last final words? Um, you know, I always, when I'm asked that question, I always leave people with the one thing that I would change about my life. Um, I would have been bolder earlier. Uh, it's never too late. Tanya said the best time to have planted a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Uh, so I would tell people, be bold. Be bolder than you ever thought you could be. Uh, and stay committed to that and just see the incredible places that it'll take you. On this note, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, AJ. Thank you.